0: Welcome back to the Big Till Player Profiler DFS Podcast. We are here to preview Week 6 to give you all the ins, outs, starts, sits, and injuries for your Week 6 DFS lineups. I'm Mike Randall. You can follow me on Twitter at RandallRant. We are produced, of course, and sponsored by Underdog Fantasy. Don't forget about their pick'em games, which are fantastic in Underdog Fantasy. Code Underworld for a ten dollar instant deposit match bonus. And with me, as always, is the guiding light, the Obi-Wan Kenobi, Josh Larky, who's here to give you the feedback on the big games and the injuries. Follow him on Twitter at JLarkeyTweets. Dr. Larkey, it's week six. How you doing, my friend?
1: I'm doing well. We're we're closing in. We're around one third of the way through the season at this point. Hopefully the players are starting to stabilize with their usage. Fortunately, there's still a lot to discuss because while player usage in a vacuum might be stabilizing after this many weeks, those ever-present injuries are going to ensure that there is research and discussion week after week. This is a doozy. We have a lot to get into. Let's do it, Mike. And of course, Josh,
0: we are recording on Friday night because Friday seems to be the bonanza of injuries. It seems like there are some players who are questionable and others just, just just pop up here on Friday night to throw the fantasy football community into a tizzy. But let's get started. We will go to the Rams, minus 9.5 at the Giants, over-unders, 48.5 points, 1 p.m. start, CBS. Giants, Josh, have allowed the fourth most rushing yards to opposing running backs. So on the surface, that's good for Daryl Henderson and Sonny Michelle. They have allowed the eighth most fantasy points to opposing tight ends. By the way, the Rams have allowed the fifth most rushing yards to opposing quarterbacks with two TDs. That is interesting because they really haven't played a bevy of rushing quarterbacks. Andy Dalton in week one for the Rams – Carson Wentz was okay with 35 yards in week two. Brady next. Kyler Murray only 35. And Russell Wilson got hurt. So maybe some opportunity here for Daniel Jones. Giants, Rams. Rams, big favorite at the Meadowlands. What do you got here?
1: So I'm starting to really enjoy this game. A few days ago, I thought this was going to be an absolute slog. The Daniel Jones concussion looked absolutely horrible. And I was pretty certain we were going to get the the Mike Glennon game where... You just play the Rams defense and Darrell Henderson and set it and forget it. <laughs> Fortunately, Daniel Jones looks like he's being cleared. And I think this is actually going to be a halfway decent game because the Giants should at least be competent enough to not let it be a 3-4 score lead at some point where the Rams can... And, and where really both teams can just phone it in. There's a lot of guys that I'm actually interested in. You, uh, you mentioned... The Giants, they've struggled against running backs. Darrell Henderson's just in a smash spot. He continues to get pretty much all the usage until he gets banged up, which he seems to get banged up in pretty much every game. Every game. However, he still seems to get his 20 touches. This is an incredible offense. You have to like that mid-priced running back in a great offense. Who's getting all the touches? I also really like little defense special teams talk. The Rams defense, I do think, is... You're allowed to play them on FanDuel. However, DraftKings, you cannot play this unit. I do not think Darrell Henderson-Rams in any way is viable on DraftKings when the Rams are nearly 5K. I mean, you're basically turning down the the Giants' receivers. Tony, 5,600. Shepard, 5,000 on DraftKings. So you're essentially saying, I'm going to forego that type of player with 25, 30-point upside to be able to get a, a defense. So not very viable there, but really like both the Stafford side and the Daniel Jones side. There, There's really a lot to like here because we know that it's pretty consolidated with the targets on the Giants side where it's just Daniel Jones, Shepard and Tony for the most part. I really don't think Slayton's going to be able to eat into either of their target shares. He just wasn't even playing that well to begin with. Didn't have the targets pre-injury. And then I think Devonte Booker is actually kind of an interesting free square that you could even stack with Daniel Jones if you wanted on that side, or just kind of a nice run back. He's, he played every single snap once Barkley went out. He had 16 carries, four in the red zone. He ran 17 routes, four targets, three receptions. However, you should temper your enthusiasm. He only totaled 58 yards on those 19 touches. And his fantasy day was saved by two touchdowns. Probably not going to happen. Probably not getting two touchdowns against the Rams. So I think he's an okay free square. I don't think that he's a horrible play. However, I think that uh, we're going to get to a few other running backs that are kind of in that 6K range that I think just have a significantly higher ceiling than Booker. But you're allowed to play him. And then on DraftKings, Cup and Woods are still just... So far apart. So if you're going the Stafford side, I mean, you're never just going to totally fade Cup any of these weeks with their chemistry, but 7,900 for Cup, 6,100 for Woods on DK. 1,800 apart. And we just saw Woods get a 40% target share. So we know that the the ceiling game is there for him in this Stafford offense. FanDuel, they're a lot closer. They're only 1,300 apart. So... Cup, much more viable. FanDuel, Woods, much more viable. DraftKings. And then uh, Van Jefferson, still a really nice punt play on both platforms. Really inexpensive. Over 60% of the snaps every game. And even though Deshaun Jackson's peaked his head out a little bit the last couple weeks, Van Jefferson still 25 or more routes the past four games. So that's a very nice role if you're looking for an inexpensive receiver to complete your stack and you want to go with a double stack or some type of double run back with Jones Stafford, Van Jefferson's a really nice piece to put it together. So I'm, I'm excited about this game and I think I'll probably end up with a little bit more Daniel Jones than Stafford, just because he's very inexpensive. He's probably going to be in comeback mode and I just don't trust that they're going to have much of a, uh, a run game with Devontae Booker, who is such a steep decline in terms of rushing ability compared to Saquon.
0: Daniel Jones should be able to take advantage of the rushing opportunities here. You talked about the Rams defense. It is priced too high. And just to to clear that up, the Giants offensive line has only allowed eight sacks this year. So it is towards the bottom of the league. Rams have only allowed four. So don't get crazy with the Giants defense either. Your thoughts, Josh, on Kadarius Tony? I mean, ten receptions, thirteen targets, one hundred eighty nine receiving yards. The overall PPR wide receiver five last week against the Cowboys. But Shepard is back, and now they're playing the Rams. Kadarius Tony uh, against Jalen Ramsey.
1: Thoughts here on Tony? So Tony's an interesting one. He's looking like he's going to be pretty chalky on both DraftKings and FanTool, and. It- there's always this dilemma of, all right, I, he does look like a good play. We just saw the guy go nuclear. It's not like Sterling Shepard's going to come in most likely and then Tony's not going to be on the field. He's still going to be, at worst, the number 2 receiver in this offense this week in what should be a decently high-scoring game. However, when when there's this one-off player who's now getting more priced up and is fairly chalky, I, I, I start to like him more just in this game and that I probably won't play too much Tony outside this game. And then I also like to double stack because just so few people end up double stacking, especially Daniel Jones. People don't really think of him as a double stack worthy quarterback. And I think that's where you can get creative. We've seen him already hit 400 passing yards in a game this year. You could have both Tony and Shepard in your lineup. You could have Tony and Booker, Tony and Engram. And I think that's a good way to get different where we have this guy with Crazy upside, but he's going to be really popular. He's now getting priced up. There's another receiver in the fold. I know Galladay's out, but I mean, let's be honest. Shepard just commands more targets than Galladay anyway. Galladay's kind of that that fake alpha just...
0: Oh, he, terrible. Such he, a fake alpha. Yeah. Oh my God.
1: Galladay's basically expensive. He he got paid. And I think that's kind of the, the way that I would be playing Tony is uh, you can single stack him, but I think he's really nice in some double stacks. And that he's also really nice. And I think some double run backs could be really interesting where if you go Stafford Woods, Higby, where Higby running all the routes just hasn't done anything. Does that mean that he's bad at football? Maybe. It also means that the opportunity is immense if he erupts. So you could go something like Stafford, Robert Woods, Higby, and then run it back with maybe Tony and Engram or Tony and Booker. And that when you're putting this chalky player in with so many other players from this the same game, that's going to be different. Very few people are ever creating that type of more onslaught lineup where you get four or five guys from the same game.
0: Speaking of onslaught, let's go to the big game here on the Sunday slate. KC minus six and a half at Washington, 54 and a half point over under one o'clock on CBS. Terry McLaurin banged up today, but he possibly will play, which is essential for a Washington team that needs playmakers. Antonio Gibson still battling the shin injury. I think he's going to play, but he was limited, did not practice all week. Tyreek Hill hurt, but it said, according to Andy Reid, that it's not really that serious of an injury. De'Ame Brown was limited. Curtis Samuel forget it. I like a quad stack here, Josh. I mean, Patrick Mahomes back against the wall against a Washington defense that is just struggling. No team has allowed. More fantasy points to opposing quarterbacks than Kansas City. But, oh, by the way, Washington is second. And Kansas City is facing Taylor Heineke, who will have some opportunity. But Washington is facing an angry chief team that is loaded. Washington also fourth most fantasy points to opposing wide receivers – We have to figure out who's healthy. And yes, I know Josh Gordon truthers. You want to know he's 3.4 on DK and 5.5 on FanDuel. Sort of odd stat here. And then I'll turn over to you, Josh. Washington has allowed six receiving touchdowns to opposing running backs. That's two more than anyone in the league. Pour one out for (laughs) CEH, who really could have done well if he was playing in this game. But this is the feature matchup. DFS Bonanza, Chiefs, Washington. What do you got?
1: Yeah. So this is going to be a popular one, like you said. And... Just like Rams-Giants, when we think that there's going to be some popular players, a popular game, you kind of want to just go all in. And that's a generally an easy way to get different. If you have Mahomes, sure, you can single stack them with Hill or Kelsey. However, what I would really look to is some type of Mahomes double stack, where Hill and Kelsey, it's pretty unlikely both of them are going to hit their ceiling at those price tags in the same game, but you can go mahomes Hill, Hardman, Mahomes, Hardman, Kelsey. You could throw in a Pringle or a Demarcus Robinson and just hope one of those guys gets the long touchdown. But what I really like here is I like the Daryl Williams free square. More so than Booker. Because there's a few reasons. One, his team total's really, really high. Kansas City is favored by 6.5 points in a high game total. Giants in a lower game total are nine and a half point dogs. Millions of dollars goes into these Vegas game totals in their research. They've determined the Chiefs are going to score. You get Dar- Darrell, Will- Darrell Williams? I still don't know if it's- God it's, only
0: knows. Matt is positive it's Darrell. I'm going with Daryl because I found a video of the running back coach calling him Darrell. That's the best <laughs> I can give you. Go so ahead.
1: We've got D Williams here on <laughs> Kansas City. And- 4,900 for the starting running back on the Chiefs. I mean, it's the same thing that we talked about a couple weeks ago when we said, all right, I I know everyone hates Clyde Edwards-Alaire, but he's 4,800, he's still getting work. And then what happened? He had over 20 fantasy points in those next two games. This is just what happens when you're on this kind of elite offense. You're going to get touchdowns at some point. You don't even have to be that good. The Chiefs' offensive line's actually been incredible this year. They've been great. And Alaire just hasn't been that good. And he still was able to get 20 fantasy points in multiple games. And what's very interesting is one thing that was just really annoying about the, the CEH usage was that he didn't get any targets. He was getting zero, one, two, two targets. There was no pass game involvement. He goes out last game. D. Williams gets five targets in relief. So I don't quite understand what's going on, but... We have not seen that type of pass game involvement for CEH. Williams has it from the get-go, just hopping in there. So I think that's a, just a very positive development. And I also think that this means that if you want to get different in this game and that, oh, I really want to play Mahomes and Hill or Mahomes and Kelsey, but it's going to be popular. You can throw in D. Williams or I think McKinnon. Jarek McKinnon's an interesting running back pivot too. He had a decent amount of snaps this past week. We 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 kind of saw it with Ceh, where I think they realized like this, this, you don't really want to give a running back in the the uh, this eighteen week season. You don't necessarily want to give them all the touches, especially these smaller framed guys. So I think that bodes really well for McKinnon. Williams has never had a start before. This is his first career start. I think he's twenty six now at this point, maybe twenty seven. He's he's definitely up there unlikely he does get all the snaps. McKinnon could come in. Maybe McKinnon's just the better, more explosive player. We know his receiving upside's pretty good from what we saw last year and some prior seasons. So I think both those running backs are interesting. Definitely going to play more Darrell Williams just because he's the starter. But I think you can make a few McKinnon lineups if you're trying to make 150 lineups and target this game. That's the that's the chief side. It's, it's going to be incredible. I think they just smash their team total I I think they're going to put up 40 points. We've got angry Mahomes. They've been embarrassed in a couple of these games. His interception rate is over 3%, which is just downright awful. I don't think that's going to last. He's going to be a surgeon out there. I'm excited for it because this Washington defense, like you said, it's they're pitiful.
0: And people get on the chiefs, man. Look at who they've played this year. They played the Browns and beat them at home, obviously an AFC contender. They played the Chargers' tough team. They played the Ravens. They played the Bills. That's a tough, tough schedule. And they absolutely beat up when they had any sort of relief. They crushed the Eagles. I see that situation here. The only way that this game is somehow off from a DFS projection is if Washington finally provides this incredible defensive game that we've been waiting for. I haven't seen it. I don't see it happening here, which means Washington's going to have to score. And I just don't think they can keep up.
1: Yeah. And then on the Washington side, assuming that McLaurin plays, it makes Taylor Haneke a really nice play. He's fairly inexpensive. We know that he's a Konami quarterback. He runs quite a bit. And you have a pretty nice double stack going with Haneke, McLaurin, and then Mr. Ricky Seals-Jones. Yes who basically decided he was going to, I mean, they just gave him the Logan Thomas plus role, which you rarely see for a backup tight end. He played every snap. He ran 36 routes, which if you don't think that's a lot of routes, go to playerprofiler.com, go to any tight ends, game logs, and you will, you will be amazed. I mean, Travis Kelsey doesn't always run 36 routes. This is just unheard of usage especially just to begin with, and then it's a backup tight end. Ricky Seals-Jones, in addition to those 36 routes, he had eight targets. Three of them came in the red zone. He's still super inexpensive, 3,000 on DraftKings, 5,000 on FanDuel. I know he's very chalky. Obviously, he's going to be popular. We're probably not the only ones out in the world that have seen how outrageous his usage was. However, another perfect opportunity where you throw them in these big game stacks and that if you go Mahomes, Tyreek Hill, Hardman, you could run it back with Gibson and Ricky Seals Jones if you wanted because you might want a little salary relief because the Chiefs are expensive. You don't want to run back with McLaurin potentially. Great. Save some money. Ricky Seals and Gibson double up on that stack. Great way to get unique. I'm just so excited about this game because... I don't think we've seen Mahomes in this position in his career yet, where there's anyone even doubting are the are the Chiefs gonna make the playoffs. So this this is just going to be a bloodbath. I I do believe the Chiefs are gonna win by two, maybe three touchdowns. It's gonna be like one of those Brady games that he's had a couple of times on the Buccaneers where they just they just pummel a team and they're up like twenty-eight to three at halftime, and then they come out. And they're fast-paced, and all they do is throw the ball. So I'm really looking forward to this one. This is just DFS gold, like you said.
0: Yep. And Ricky Seals-Jones, usage city, folks, if you're not aware of it. And angry Patrick Mahomes means good things for all of us. Baltimore, minus 2.5 against the Chargers. Over-under is 51 points. 1 o'clock, 1 o'clock p.m. on CBS. Mike Williams' status unknown. Definitely would need him to play. That would be a huge loss. I think he's the PPR wide receiver, two right now entering this week. Sammy Watkins did not practice Wednesday, Thursday. Justin Jackson was limited. Lamar Jackson's always on the injury report, but he finds a way to play. And after that performance against Indianapolis, I'm not worried about anything. Chargers allow the seventh most fantasy points per game to opposing running backs and the second most rushing yards, which I think would be a no bueno matchup here with Baltimore who wants to slam the ball and run it down your throat. L.A. also second most fantasy points per game to opposing tight ends, which is going to be big for Mark Andrews. So two good defenses here. Some questions on injuries with the Chargers, but only two and a half point spread. What say you?
1: This is another popular game. It's really going to be this and the Chiefs game. I think are going to be the overall, the, the two games that people cluster to the most. Maybe that that Cardinals-Browns game, we'll see. It could be three, but it's at least these two. And I really like pretty much every player in this game. I'll point out a few interesting things. Yes, Mike Williams hasn't practiced at all this week. DNP all three days. And also his, his DraftKings price is egregious. On DraftKings, Mike Williams, 8100 On DraftKings, Keenan Allen, $6,400. They are $1,700 apart, yet Keenan Allen has two more targets on the season than Mike Williams. And sure, I know that these Mike Williams targets, the expected fantasy points are higher. These are less close to the line of scrimmage. He's gotten some more red zone targets. However, DK is a PPR platform. Allen, again, more targets on higher percentage routes. This this really feels like the Keenan Allen explosion game that we've been waiting for, where we have a, a banged up Mike Williams who has a swollen knee. So especially on DK, the, the price discrepancy is crazy. 1700 on DraftKings, price difference only nine hundred different on FanDuel, so they're much closer there. Sammy Watkins is out of this game. Bateman expected to play, and Bateman is the absolute stone min price on DraftKings. That's very interesting because he his prospect profile is an incredibly complete wide receiver, and we we just never really know with these guys coming off injury. And we never know what these rookies either in terms of what the usage is going to be. So I think that that's very exciting for sneaking a couple Batemans in there where even if he's on a snap count with how, how many points could be scored in this game, you can still have Bateman hit 15 to 20 fantasy points even on a snap count in this kind of game. So very excited about him. Mark Andrews, heavy, heavy, heavy chalk. Bateman isn't. So if you want to be able to get off the Andrews chalk or get off the, the, seems like Hollywood's going to be pretty chalky too. Bateman's there and that should be interesting. With the Chargers, my favorite play, you might've thought it's Keenan Allen. No, no, no. Once again, it's Jared Cook. Jared Cook is always inexpensive. He's a, a red zone monster year after year. He's shown some pretty good chemistry with Herbert and his actual raw fantasy points could be much higher aside from I think three, four, five penalties now. There have been so many penalties on Jared Cook targets in both the red zone and the end zone. So he's just a great candidate based on usage to crush. And then the, the final thing I have to say about this game, I mean, I don't really need to tell you how to stack it. You know who these players are. I've been talking about all these Herbert stacks week after week, but Lamar, heavy, heavy chalk, possibly the most owned quarterback on the slate. Herbert, not so much. I don't know why. Herbert puts Herbert only puts up 45 fantasy points on DK for you this past week. People didn't like that so much Lamar Lamar does it on primetime. They like it. Herbert. Nah, only 3%, 5% of the field's going to play him. You have to, once again, we told you to do this last week. We're going to tell you again, make sure you're playing a heavy dose. Be above the field. It's not even that hard to do when he's at three to 5% be above the field. On those Herbert stacks.
0: We've talked about this that in games like this, where there is a small spread, DFS players do not go on the visiting quarterback. I can't give you a reason, it's narrative based, but most people are going to be very overweight on Lamar Jackson. Josh and I looked at it maybe 25, 27%, and no one's playing Herbert. Well, Are you projecting the game at 51 points because you think it's 35 to 16? Is that what you're doing? Or do you think it's a high-scoring game? So there's going to be underutilized ownership on Herbert. Word of caution on Marquise Brown. Charges have allowed second fewest fantasy points to opposing wide receivers. So, And that's a game, including a game against the Chiefs. So you know they're going to be tough on Marquise Brown. I'd be careful there, especially with his prop. There's going to have to be some other options. Or – they're going to be able to run the ball, in which case the Chargers are going to have to score to keep up with them, which is exactly what Josh is referring to. The next one, one of my favorites, because I have some odd affiliation with the Vikings this year, Minnesota now minus two and a half at Carolina, 45 and a half point over under one o'clock PM on Fox. I feel like Josh, this is the irresistible force versus the immovable object. Dalvin Cook is back and he's going against a Panthers team that is the stingiest against opposing running backs. Fewest fantasy points per game to opposing running backs. Minnesota now should have beaten Arizona, should be better than their record is. Carolina flying high but had that terrible loss there. Sam Darnold did not have a good game against the Eagles. Here we go. Minnesota now favored on the road at Carolina, average over-under. Where do you go here for DFS?
1: So I like both these quarterbacks. I'm assuming you're pro, cousin side more than Darnold. Yes. And a whopping shocker. I actually really like the Darnold side of things. So ah! I have I have switched teams. I, I I'm I'm basically I'm I'm just here for the fantasy points. And I think that Darnold is finally set up to be Table Lock
0: Agnostic. Josh a- Larkey. Yeah.
1: He's finally he's able to deliver the fantasy points. People aren't gonna play him. And I really like the, the bounce back game here where Darnold looked really terrible. He didn't get it done with the fantasy points. He didn't have a rushing touchdown. Big surprise. And I really like this because you get Dalvin Cook coming back. He's been practicing in full. They're probably going to feed the beast. And that's just the most perfect run back option then where you have Darnold, DJ Moore, whose price is lowered a little bit and who he just locks on every single game. And then you can even throw in Chuba Hubbard. So you could just, they're basically just giving you Darnold, DJ Moore, Chuba Hubbard, and Dalvin Cook. No one's going to play that because it's two running backs from the same game. And the general rule is that when there's two expensive running backs, you don't want to play them from the same game. Fortunately, Chuba Hubbard's kind of mid-priced, and it looks like he is starting to gain more trust. Two weeks ago, he didn't quite have that Christian McCaffrey-type role. It was a little bit of, oh, they're, they're easing him in. Huh. Ease him in. No more Chuba 24 carries last week, two in the red zone, six targets, 134 total yards, but only 18 fantasy points. Cause he didn't score a touchdown. Chuba is in a great spot. If he's getting six, maybe even could get more targets than that in this game. Then that's a really nice stacking partner with Darnold, where there could actually be some positive correlation. He could catch a receiving touchdown. So I just love the the Darnold, DJ Moore, Chuba, Dalvin Cook little quad game stack. No one's gonna play that. And then on the cousin side, Jefferson and Thielen. The price dichotomy is fascinating. On DraftKings, Jefferson, eight thousand. Wow. But Thielen, fifty eight hundred. That's twenty two hundred dollars difference. FanDuel. Jefferson, 7900 Jefferson, cheaper on FanDuel than DraftKings. Thielen, $7,200 on FanDuel. So they are $2,200 separated DraftKings, $700 separating them on FanDuel. So it's kind of interesting that they're sort of saying, play Thielen on DraftKings, play Jefferson on FanDuel. I think they're both pretty good plays. I don't think this Panthers team can cover them. And I kind of like that the... The Cowboys receivers didn't go absolutely nuts against Carolina. And that the the Eagles receivers just aren't as good of a unit. So there's not going to be those just eye-popping numbers. And I think that just bodes really well for people from what I saw. There's not going to be that many people playing. I mean, Thielen's a little chalky on DraftKings, and then Jefferson a little more popular on FanDuel, but even still, it's very palatable for how condensed this offense is. So I like both these quarterbacks in this game and the over-unders, I thought it was a little bit surprisingly low, only 45 and a half. And I think this is the kind of game that could really beat that. So I think there's a lot of good plays here. And then the last guy I'll give you, punt tight end to the extreme yep. is Ian Thomas. Yeah, 2,700 on DraftKings, 4,400 on FanDuel. To be honest, I thought, just casually, like if you asked me, I would have said 4500 was the minimum price for tight end on FanDuel. I'm wrong. Ian Thomas is 4400 on FanDuel. The past two games, since they traded away Dan Arnold to the Jaguars, Ian Thomas has been averaging four targets, averaging one red zone target a game. That's, wow, that's pretty good. He's been averaging 20 routes as well. Ian Thomas is looking kind of like the guy that Two years ago, we thought, oh, maybe he can break out. He's got a little potential, decently athletic, got good size. It might now be happening. And uh, I just couldn't even find him anywhere on any site in terms of ownership or how many people are playing this guy. Nobody will play Ian Thomas. And that is the perfect guy in a run back with Cousins or as a nice little secondary stacking partner with Darnold where all he needs is a touchdown to pay off, and with his actual route running, he could give you much more than that. He could give you four for forty and a touchdown, pretty easily based on usage. And I mean, if if he's twenty seven hundred on DraftKings, oh, you scoop that up fourteen fantasy points for twenty seven hundred. Oh, I'll take that any day of the week. So, love Ian Thomas. Going to sneak him into a few of these lineups.
0: And don't be afraid of making a move on something that you haven't seen recently. That's where the big money is won. Adam Thielen, wide receiver for the first week with two touchdowns, nine receptions. After that, wide receiver 29, 21, 64, and 70. So if you want to wait... Until Adam Thielen has another two-touchdown performance, it's too late. Josh is telling you the matchup is good. No J.C. Horn for the rest of the year. Panthers may be a little overvalued. I do like the Vikings here a lot, and I love their consolidated target share. Next game, Cleveland minus 3.5 against Arizona. 49.5 over under 4 o'clock p.m. on Fox. What you have here is – Cleveland actually allows the fourth most fantasy points per game to opposing quarterbacks, but they do stifle opposing running backs. Arizona coming here with some question marks. I found, Josh, that when Kyler Murray doesn't run in his two years in the NFL, use the road of his game splits app, it's about a nine-point difference when he cannot crest 25 rushing yards. So Rodney Hudson, the center, being out for Arizona, I think is a big issue here. And I don't think they're going to let Kyler run around because they're very protective of him. Of course, we know Nick Chubb is out now. It's going to be Kareem Hunt. Looks like he's going to play, but he did not practice on Wednesday and Thursday. DeAndre Hopkins was did not practice, but that's expected. Chase Edmonds, who we love, A.J. Green. Njoku had a big game. Talk about it here. A lot of fantasy viability, two different styles, Arizona, Cleveland. I just feel like the clock's going to strike 12 on Cinderella and the Cardinals at some point because they've escaped some losses. I still think last week, Josh, if Trey Lance is not in the game and it's Jimmy G, I think San Francisco wins because the San Francisco defense put on such a performance. What say you here with the Browns and the Cardinals?
1: Yeah, Kyler Murray, I feel like we've just we've been talking about how he is a good DFS play each week that you don't ever really want to fade the guy, but at the same time... If you just look at the pass attempts, how many rush attempts he has, there's just been, like you said, is the clock going to strike midnight? The efficiency has been incredible. The touchdown rate's been incredible. And we're starting to see a couple cracks in the system. I'm still going to be playing some Kyler Murray. However, I think some fun ways to target this game where you can get off a little bit of this expensive Kyler against what is a pretty decent defense is you can go the Baker route, where everyone is so inexpensive. Odell Beckham, 5,100 on DraftKings, 6,000 on FanDuel. Nobody's going to play him. He's had a couple stinkers now in a row, even though the targets and the routes, a lot of the those key indicators are still showing that, yes, he is a, a decent part of a pretty high-scoring offense. One guy that I really like on the Cardinals, if you're going to go to the Kyler stack, and you don't want to invest too much money into it, because Kyler's already expensive on his own. What you can do is you can play A.J. Green. I know you breaking might be Breaking
0: news. Oh. I'm breaking news here on the Big Tilt podcast. Josh, Cardinals head coach Cliff Kingsbury, quarterbacks coach Cam Turner, and defensive lineman Zach Allen have tested positive for COVID. They are out for Sunday's game in Cleveland. In Kingsbury's place, defensive coordinator Vance Joseph and a special teams coordinator... Jeff Rogers will split head coaching duties. There you go. Breaking news on the big tilt. Josh just came across from Schefter, of course, here as we're recording.
1: Wow. So, I mean, gut reaction, (laughs) probably going to want to be below the field on Kyler Murray this week. Yep. It's never a good sign. It's not like a, it's not like a Tom Brady situation where you go, uh, is he calling the plays? Is Arians? We don't really know what's going on. No, no, no. Kyler Murray is a year three quarterback. He's still not an elite quarterback when it comes to passing the ball, reading defenses. This could be a problem. And it works really well that my favorite Cardinals receiver is really inexpensive. I'm going to talk for a minute about the, the Dusty. The the age is catching up to him maybe. AJ Green. 4900 on DraftKings, 5400 on FanDuel. Super affordable on FanDuel. Christian Kirk. And Rondell Moore are more expensive. On DraftKings, Kirk is more expensive and Rondell Moore is only 300 cheaper. So AJ Green, he's super inexpensive. What has he done? Well, all he's done is become the clear-cut number two receiver in this pass game. It is not a four-headed monster. It is two guys at the top. Routes run this past week was just eye-opening to me. I talked about it on First Mover on Monday. DeAndre Hopkins, 33 routes run. AJ Green, 30. So they are neck and neck. And then there is a massive drop off. Christian Kirk, Rondale Moore, and Chase Edmonds all ran 18 routes. So we're going from 30 to 18. It's almost like Hopkins and AJ Green are full time players, and then Christian Kirk and Rondale Moore are part time players. I don't quite understand why this this explosive offense that's been scoring a lot of points will have their number 2 receiver priced so inexpensively especially on FanDuel 5400 for AJ Green I mean you're you're frequently seeing like a team's wide receiver 3 wide receiver 4 priced in that range this is a good offense's wide receiver 2 5400 on FanDuel and yeah with this news really makes me want to drop down on my Cardinals exposure so if you're looking for a good run back for Baker where I think the the fun stack you can do with Baker is either Baker, OBJ, and Joku or Baker, OBJ, Kareem Hunt. And then why not run it back with AJ Green? I don't know why. No one's gonna play AJ Green, even at this affordable price tag. That's a good way to attack this game, especially now that we know that we're probably gonna want to be underweight on the Cardinals as a whole, because the the play calling is probably going to affect a young quarterback like Kyler Murray quite a bit. AJ
0: Green gave you the wide receiver 22 in week three against Jacksonville performance, the wide receiver 17 against the Rams. Then last week, recency bias is strong. Only one reception, 13 yards wide receiver one Oh two. So certainly he is a buy couple more left here. Houston versus Indianapolis. Indy now a nine and a half point favorite at home against Houston, I like Indy here in a blowout, Josh. I think the knee-jerk reaction is going to be Houston almost beat the Patriots. Colts had a big loss here against Baltimore last second. They're coming home licking their wounds. I don't think so. I think the Colts are very live, and I have a feeling you will think that also. Texans come into the Colts. Colts need a win. They can still hang tough in this division. Assuming that Tennessee loses to the Bills on Monday night, they could be just one game back if they win this game. Are they going to stumble against the Texans? How do you see it from a DFS perspective?
1: So, here's a nice little contrast with quarterback. Carson Wentz, we know he's surprisingly mobile. We've seen him get there many times in DFS with that 30-point ceiling. And then Davis Mills, a certified not-good quarterback who I think luck-boxed his way into one of the most surprising performances in NFL history. Mm -hmm. I mean, Belichick has just destroyed these rookie quarterbacks. So, of course, Davis Mills has what did he have 300 yards and three touchdowns against dominant, him Dominant, yeah. after we saw such horrible quarterback play from him and just the offense couldn't move the ball we saw Chris Moore and Chris Connolly both get there last week with Chris Conley with oh, Davis Mills like did, this is the kind of thing that you see once and you go wow that there it was it's not going to happen again it hadn't happened before that yet On FanDuel, Wentz and Mills are the same price. On DraftKings, Wentz, only $200 more. I don't know why. Nobody's going to be playing Wentz. He's very affordable on both platforms, $5,400 and $6,700. Pittman's emerged as the clear alpha, so you already have a great stacking partner. I really like this game. I also just think, like you said, the Colts are probably just going to blow out this Texans team. There's a lot on the line for them. It's a divisional matchup and they're still within striking distance somehow just because of how bad the whole division has been. So with Tennessee and their crosshairs probably going to lose on the road against Buffalo, I really like the Colts here. I'll probably be stacking Wentz with Pittman. You could even throw in Moali Cox, who's starting to get a little bit of a role expansion.
0: T.Y. Hilton possibly back?
1: he might be back and then another guy Paris Campbell's usage is actually on the rise. I he start- saw
0: that. Yes, <laughs> I did.
1: He's finally starting to get some targets. Right after I drop him in all my redraft leagues, they they're going, "Oh, you know what? This this Paris Campbell guy, oh, he's really, he's really fast and he's actually not that bad at football. We should probably give him some targets." So, this is this is kind of a a fun one where you kind of just play the I think you just play the Colts side pretty heavily. You could run it back with Brandon Cooks. You could also just skip the run back and just say, no, we're just going to play Wentz and Cox and Pittman and Campbell, throw in a couple of these guys. You could even throw in JT with Wentz where you just say, oh, you know what, maybe he catches a receiving touchdown, maybe he doesn't, and that if the Colts put up four or five touchdowns against Houston, you can have a running back and quarterback get there. So I think there's a lot going on on this Colts side for this game. The Packers
0: at the Bears, the old rivalry. Packers have dominated this recently, especially last four games without Vic Fangio. They're averaging something like uh, thirty plus points per game, and they're they're winning by at least ten. You know, especially the last three. The other one was the fir- the first game without uh, Fangio was I think an opening night game, so that's a little always a little rusty. But Packers favored by six. It opened at four and a half. It's now up to six. Over under is forty four points here. There's some interesting plays. Damian Williams out with COVID. So Khalil Herbert looks like chalk, which is insane, but he does provide value. If you want to do like a Tyreek, Patrick Mahomes, Kelsey stack, you're going to need to go jeep cheap here. Could be an option. What do you think here, Packers and Bears?
1: So Khalil Herbert's chalky. However, he's not ultra mega chalk. And I think it's because he didn't have any targets this last game. However, If you look at the advanced metrics, you look at the routes run, Herbert ran, I think it was about half as many routes as Damian Williams. He just didn't get the targets. Damian Williams out with COVID. Who's going to get the targets? It's probably going to be Khalil Herbert. We've also seen a trend of these unbelievably conservative offensive game plans for Justin Fields, where he's not passing as much. He's not... uh, They're just really trying to feed the running backs. and that Josh, Her- J.J.
0: Zacharyson had a tweet, last three games, Devontae Adams, 45 targets. Last three games, all of the Bears receiving options, 57 targets.
1: Wow. I mean, yeah, that, that kind of sums it up there. Where I was going to say, I think the key plays in this game are you can pay down with Herbert and that he's going to be kind of chalky. However, when you have a price tag in the fours on DraftKings and you're starting running back, and that he's also paired with Fields, who's a mobile quarterback, can help take some of the linebackers pressure off of Herbert. I think Herbert can have a, a decently efficient running day, could sneak in a few targets there. However, the, the guy I really like here is Devontae Adams. Like you said, that his target share has just been outrageous. It's nearly 40% on the season now. So even though he's had a couple down games, perfect. That's what we want in DFS. We don't want Devontae Adams to average 25 fantasy points a game where every game he has 25. We want some of those games to be 10 to 12. And then the other games to be like last week when he has a 40 fantasy point bonanza, that's what helps you win a tournament. So I think Devontae Adams is a great play to throw into your lineups. And if you want a little correlation, throw in Khalil Herbert at running back, get a little correlation from this game. If you so choose the other guy, I'm going to mention and Matt has been pounding the table for this guy when we've been discussing some potential candidates that could have a breakout in week six. It's Alan Lazard. I the, I don't know if he's become bad at football. He was actually pretty efficient last year. He's running all the routes. He ran more routes than Devontae Adams this past week. He just is not getting any targets. They're just all funneling to Devontae Adams. Bears defense, not half bad. Could they blanket Devontae Adams and force Rodgers to look elsewhere? They could. And the only other guy that's really running these routes is Lazard. So he's very interesting. 3,500 DraftKings, 5,100 FanDuel. Kind of a nice pivot where let's say Devontae Adams has a, has a 12 fantasy point dud. Pretty good chance at that point that Alan Lazard delivers for you. So I think he's kind of an interesting pivot if you want to get a piece of this game but you want to pay down. And then I just have to say, I mean, I i feel like I'm just always so negative on Aaron Rodgers. The price tag to me is still just egregious. He's so expensive. Uh, I remember on DraftKings, he's basically the same price as Justin Herbert, which that's just crazy to me. And then FanDuel, they're within $300. So it's just, how could you ever play Aaron Rodgers over Justin Herbert? My exposure to Aaron Rodgers is going to be very low once again. It's just a slow-paced offense. He's not mobile. And they have two running backs that are threats to just steal touchdowns at any point in a low-volume offense. So I think the, the way to play this is you just grab a couple players from this game if you want to.
0: Critical information there, and you just named the podcast The Lazard King. Cincinnati Detroit. This <laughs> game opened as Cincinnati minus one. It's now Cincinnati minus three and a half. Are we sure we should be pounding the Bengals on the road against the Detroit team that has been very live, should have won last week? Campbell with the emotional press conference. What do you think here? Cincinnati traveling to Detroit. I think it's wheels up for DeAndre Swift. Pass catching running backs against the Bengals have been absolutely on fire, and he's as good as they come. What do you think here, Josh?
1: Yeah, I, I'll probably play a few her, uh, a few Burrow stacks just because like, there's still the chance maybe the pass rate increases, maybe the pace increases, but it's really tough to justify a lot of Burrow. And it's ch- tough to justify some golf. I mean, they, they, this pass offense has really sputtered. Tyrell Williams on IR, Quintus Cephas out for the season. There's really just, there's not a lot of name brand value left there. I think there's a few interesting plays. I think every week at this point we can just say is Jamar Chase week where you can just throw him in as a one-off. We just really, there's not that many alpha wide receivers like Chase that ran sub 4-4. There it's just such a rare breed. I don't think we've seen really this type of guy since Julio Jones, where it's someone that can be so explosive is playing on the outside and can just break a long one at any point. So,
0: And it's almost at the point, Josh, where at some point I see in the third quarter Burrow go back to pass, hitch back deep. And I go, there it is. There's the bomb to chase. <laughs> you can no. almost call it every week that it's going to come.
1: Yeah. You, you really see it coming. So I think chase is kind of just a nice one-off play any week. I think, Mixon is actually kind of a shaky play still. I know that he's practicing, he's supposed to play, but and I know that it's just this terrible Detroit Lions defense. However, I'm still a little concerned with how much usage he's going to get. And also, he hasn't had quite as much pass game involvement as I think we all hoped he would have at the start of the season with no Gio Bernard there. So I really like the other running back, DeAndre Swift, who was just, he's out touching Jamal Williams. He's out targeting him so immensely. And I mean, all the guy does at this point, I think I made a tweet. It was like, is there a better duo out there than DeAndre Swift and just sneaking in another 20 fantasy point performance? That's all the guy does. He's just giving you 20 fantasy points or more week after week now. And it's because of this incredible target volume that he's commanding. So I really like DeAndre Swift. And then I think, uh, probably good chalk would be Amon Ross St. Brown. If you're looking for yes. a receiver to pay down yes. for, and you might think, Oh, with a fourth round rookie on a bad offense, the guy now in back to back weeks has eight targets. Something's there. Tyrell Williams out. Cephus out. TJ Hawkinson. You, you can't play him at this point. He's a shell of his old self. I really think they just need to take him out for a couple of games and let that knee heal up because the guy is practically limping around at times. And as a, as one of the the big members of the TJ Hawkinson fan club, it's hard to see such a mega talent looking so hobbled out there. So I I think the the plays here: Jamar Chase every week, DeAndre Swift every week, and then Amon Ross, Saint Brown,
0: going out to the AFC West, Vegas, and the Broncos. Vegas desperate for a win. Broncos return home after two tough games at home against Baltimore and then Pittsburgh, where they hung tough. Yeah, Cortland Sutton who rolled his ankle, but he was able to fight through. It looks like Javante Williams is going to explode at any point. Could be no offense season with Albert Okuebunam. Okay, Albert Okuebunam being out now, so fans going to get a huge snap share. Broncos Raiders. Dick Enberg somewhere is smiling. What do you got in this game?
1: It's a pretty low game total. It's not very exciting. Uh, We just have no idea what's going to happen with the Raiders. Gruden is gone. I'm just mostly avoiding this game, to be completely honest. It's kind of hard to see this being the game where you fade it and it comes back to get you and you don't have a profitable week. So I'll just play a few one-off plays from this game. I think Waller's kind of interesting on FanDuel. The prices are pretty separated between Kelsey and Waller on FanDuel. Kelsey, 8,500. Waller, 7,000. Schultz 6,500 so it's a little disrespectful to Waller that they've pretty much just put him in the Schultz tier at this point DraftKings I have pretty much no interest in Waller when Kelsey's priced down at 7k and Waller is 6,600 on DraftKings so I think if you're on FanDuel throw some Waller in there if you can't quite pay up for Kelsey but I don't know man I'll, I'll probably play a little bit of Rugs, maybe uh, a couple Trace Brian Edwards couple Trace Renfro's potentially On the Denver side, maybe a couple trace Cortland-Suttons, but just a low game total. Not very exciting. Two teams that potentially just want to grind this one out and also just not having the the coach there in Gruden. We don't really know what that's going to look like, but probably going to be a little more conservative, a little more slow-paced because whoever's out there calling the plays, making all the decisions, they're going to be doing it for the first time this season. So not a game I'm interested in. And
0: last one we'll talk about, this opening line was crazy, Josh. This game opened, New England and Dallas. New England favored by one and a half was the opening line. It's now Dallas minus three and a half, as expected. Money and bets have poured in on the Cowboys. Over under is 50 and a half. I kind of like Mac Jones here. You know Belichick's getting fed up with the fumbles. Damien Harris fumbled into the end zone last week. Street Stevenson's a rookie. He's fumbled as well. No James White, Brandon Bolden. He could unleash the dogs here with Mac Jones, which would be a huge value. But Dallas comes in with a big offense of their own. What do you say here? Patriots and Cowboys. How do you see it from a DFS perspective?
1: So I don't really need to tell you. You're going to be playing some Dak Prescott. You're probably going to double stack him with some combo of Zeke, Pollard, Lamb, Amari Cooper, Dalton Schultz. Great. We get it. All right, let's move on. Mac Jones, like you said, he's kind of interesting because this Dallas defense is good. And that's what a lot of people are talking about. They go, oh, this Dallas defense, especially with just how it was one of the historically awful defenses last year. People now just go, oh my God, I cannot believe this is an above average unit. However, what fantasy gamers might be missing when they get afraid of a good Dallas defense is a couple things. One. The Dallas offense, even though they've been running more, they're still fairly fast paced. They're running a lot of plays. And that means that teams are also able to run a decent amount of plays against them. They might have to be a little more up tempo. Yes, it's a good pass defense with the Cowboys. However, they're also allowing a decent amount of fantasy points to quarterbacks. I mean, you can go to Mac Jones, you can look and it's not very scary. Mac Jones, you got the green on DraftKings, 26th. So, you love that when it's one of the the six easy or seven easiest matchups for a quarterback. And that's kind of because yes, Dallas is a good defense. However, they're still because they're just smoking these teams. The other quarterback has to pass a lot and they end up racking some fantasy points of their own. Mac Jones, it's pretty consolidated with his targets. You can just easily right out the gate throw in Jacoby Myers and then also Jonu Smith is no longer a pass catching tight end. He's basically just being relegated to blocking duties. Hunter Henry's running all those routes. He's getting the targets. He's getting the yards. So right there, if you want to do a Mac Jones double stack, it's just in your lap. Here's Jacoby Myers. Here's Hunter Henry. Mac Jones, the all three of them super affordable. Then you can easily afford these more mid-priced Cowboys and then throw in some of these expensive players that we love where you go, oh, you want to play Dalvin Cook? He's fully healthy. He's expensive. Oh, you want to play Devontae Adams? He's just crushing it. He's expensive. That's a good way to be able to sneak in one, two, maybe even three high-priced island options is by doing this Mac Jones stack. So I'm with you. This could be the week that he's unleashed. 300 passing yards is not out of the question. I'm here for it.
0: Hunter Henry, tight end 26. Tight end 24, tight end 18, tight end 11, tight end 5. What does that mean for week 6? It means the Mac Jones double stack. Hunter Henry, tight end 26, tight end 24, tight end 18, tight end 11, tight end 5. What does that mean for week 6? It means the Mac Jones double stack.
1: Testing, 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 testing. It's kind of good.
0: There's no such thing as bad press. All right, let's roll, baby. Pour one out for CEH.
1: This is just DFS gold, like you said
0: angry Patrick Mahomes means good things for all of us
1: be above the field on those herbert stacks i'm i'm just here for the fantasy points okay okay we'll boom. okay we'll, albert okay. uh jeez oh, i lost my place there he is i was
0: I'm breaking news here on the Big Tilt podcast. Angry Patrick Mahomes means good things for all of us.